This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic is going to be all about friendship. And I'm going to share some things that I have learned the hard way, which is typically how I learn things, about building and keeping close relationships. And I'm going to share 10 strategies for finding and keeping good friends. But before we dive into that, I want to start the show the way we always do with sharing about what's saving our life and what books we're reading. However, Jesse, you had a really interesting weekend that we need to update people on, don't we? So yeah, I just got back yesterday from a really fun fishing trip. I went down with a friend of mine from back in Kansas. He invited me to go down to Louisiana, of all places. Louisiana. Louisiana. Very interesting experience. Did they actually call it Louisiana, the people who live there? Hmm. I never heard a local say Louisiana. Because I'm pretty sure they say Louisiana. So we stayed in a double wide. We rented. Which I think is really apropos for Louisiana. I'm sorry. We probably are really offending all the people. No, this is, it's South Louisiana, right at the mouth of the Mississippi. And so that's all there are down there. There's double wides, there's um, trailers, it's all swamp. It's, so they couldn't nothing. actually, they couldn't build an actual house because they couldn't have a foundation. Is that well, correct? There's, there's, there's like a one hotel that was in Venice, Louisiana. Multiple double whites just stuck together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stuck on top of each other. There are a lot of houseboats. Um, fishing is amazing out there. And, um, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, we, we went out to the rigs, uh, the oil rigs, about an mm, hour and a half offshore. And 
latched on two rigs and went fishing for red snapper and then moved around and went uh, fishing for redfish and caught these sea catfish that look like regular catfish that you would catch in a river and you can't touch them because they will sting you and it hurts like anything else. But you didn't actually get stung. I did not get stung, but they said it, it stung like five yellow jackets and it hurt for a long time. So... So yeah, it was fun. We caught a shark and we caught two red snappers that while the other guys were reeling them in, the fish got eaten by sharks. So we ended up just pulling in a quarter of a fish. So that was, that was pretty fun. But we're glad to have you home. It's just not quite the same without you here. And I do not sleep as well, but we survived. And I'm so glad you got to go and do something really fun. So what's saving your life this week? Well, as as it so happens, uh, we got up like at four o'clock yesterday morning and to head to the airport. And apparently the weather had been really bad the previous evening and a lot of flights were canceled. So TSA was really, really busy. And I actually think that I heard my friend's name get called over the loudspeaker to make sure he caught his plane because they were shutting the doors. But I had been uh, at our gate for a long time waiting for my airplane because I made it through uh, TSA pre-check. And I tell you, there was nobody in line there. And I imagine that you were waiting 30 minutes or so to get through security. If you didn't have pre-check. If you didn't have pre-check, it was pretty bad. So TSA pre-check is saving your life. Oh, it's well worth the money. We actually got it how many years ago? It's been quite a few years. I can't even imagine living without it now. And it has saved us so much time, so much stress, and just made our life so much easier Mm -hmm. at airports. Every once in a while, when we'll go somewhere where they don't have TSA pre, because it's a small airport or the TSA pre line is shut down, we're like, oh man, you have to take (laughs) your shoes off and you have to take everything out of your bag. This is what the... This is this is so much work. We've yeah. become we've become divas, I guess. That or efficient. Efficient flyers. I like that. I like that better. Well, what's saving my life this week is my leopard flats. And it was just a few months ago that I decided to get brave and try wearing animal print. It was something that I had avoided for a very long time because I just felt like, oh, that's not me. But I bought some because I was doing the Get Your Pretty On Challenge and I fell in love with them. And I ended up getting then another pair. So I have two pairs of leopard flats. One is more of a dressy pair and one is more of a casual pair. I wear them not all the time. That would be an exaggeration, but I wear them very, very often. I have them on actually right now. And the thing I love about them is they're so comfortable. I got them off of Amazon. I think they were maybe $25. And they go with so many different things because animal print is neutral. It's something that I learned this past year. And they kind of can dress up any outfit. So if it's kind of a bland outfit, like right now I have on a navy shirt and turquoise shorts and just putting on the leopard flats makes it kind of the outfit looks complete and it can make it look more dressy and like there's this pop of something to your outfit just by putting on a pair of shoes. So we will link to the ones that I have in the show notes. It didn't definitely spot you coming from a long way away. <laughs> you were just you were just sitting there waiting to say that. Yes, I was. 
Okay. And like always, we're going to talk about what books we're reading. And I actually have been saving this one because last week we had a guest on and I knew that I wanted to talk about this when Jesse was on because it's a book that he's actually talked about on the show. And it's not one of the Bill O'Reilly books. It is The Terminal List. I am shocked that you listened to it. I listened to it. I didn't read it uh, because it came up on Libby. And no, actually, I looked for it on Libby because I asked you, do you think I would like it? Mm -hmm. Because we'd heard from so many listeners who had listened to it or read it after you had mentioned it on the show. And I thought, well, maybe I should see what it's all about. It, um, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> Let's just say that it was a quite a departure from my usual. So did you get in touch with the book? Was there anything that, that really spoke to your soul? <laughs> I did not underline anything, although I was listening to it. There, there weren't any of those phrases where I you're like. I would like to see you underline something that you listened to. There wasn't, it wasn't like this. Oh, that just really moved me. I was more like, oh my word. <laughs> This is what Jesse this is what Jesse reads. And I just had to finish it to see if it got any less traumatic. <laughs> it, I don't know how many people got killed in that book. It was like every other page if, if you were reading it it felt like and it I don't really know what to say about it other than I think we have very different tastes in books. I would definitely, definitely agree. <laughs> I think now I'm going to suggest that you read one of my books and let's, then you need to come back to the show and tell the listeners how it just moved you deeply. And then you can know the experiences that I always have with books instead of like, bang, <laughs> blood everywhere, like someone getting... I don't even know, decapacitated or something. And is that a word? Is that, that is a word. Okay. So is decapitated. Oh, I think that's what I meant. <laughs> I should not. I, but it's a thriller. And I it do is. have to say, it. I, I think the thing for me is that it kind of ended how I expected it to in the sense of that. I like fiction books that surprise me. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't just kind of follow the pattern that you expect. And And there were some unexpected things along the way, but the journey, the destination was kind of what I expected from the get-go. Yeah. And I, I can see that. I Also, when you know there's a second book in a series that's coming. Then you know he doesn't then die. Then you know that he doesn't die. So yeah. that kind of ruins it a little bit. A little bit. I mean, not that I wanted it. I didn't want any more people to die. And enough people had the died already. People, it's good versus bad. Uh, well, you know, I... I want, maybe they would come to Jesus and like, okay, we're not going to get all <laughs> into our differences on politics. Well, the book that I have is actually the one that I'm reading right now is the second book in that series, which is True Believer. So the protagonist in The Terminalist obviously survives in The Terminalist and, um, and at this point is escaping from the people that he's running from. Because At he the killed end of the so many list, people. Because he's killed so many people, right? He's on the run. He's a he's a wanted criminal at this point. And uh, he's makes it to Africa after a long boat voyage across the Atlantic. And uh, I won't go into much detail more than that, but there's a lot of adventure along the way. It's By adventure, my question is that, is that more killing? 
Not in that. There is. Yes. There's two people that die in Africa. Yes. But now he's out of Africa and he's on a mission somewhere else. So. It just still, it baffles but, me but that these are the kinds of books It's because that, that, they're, that they're trying to come and kill him, which is why he's, you know, killing these other people. Now, I have to say, I was just thinking, I do enjoy shows that are action mm-hmm. and adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, I really loved the TV series 24. That was one of my favorite TV right. series. So I do enjoy the action pack. So I wonder if you would thing. enjoy these in a movie form or a uh, TV series there form. Would just, it just feels like there was just, it, it kind of just felt to me like there was relentless killing. And Do I th- you remember the I think, Liam Neeson movies that we watched? Yes. It's kind of similar to that. I think the thing for me is that I'm always, <laughs> I'm always digging deeper into the book and I'm thinking... Because you want to move, get be moved by it and connect with it. Well, I just was thinking, though, these women and children mm-hmm. whose husbands and fathers were brutally murdered, why is that okay? Like, why are we reading this and finding mm-hmm. this interesting? And so, but then I'm thinking, well, how do I reconcile that with 24? And I think it's maybe because they didn't have, it wasn't that they didn't have the women and children that were affected they didn't talk about that whereas in in this book it felt like you did hear some Mm -hmm. of the wives and children that were left without a father and a husband well and i mean you think of it what was the part of the story that kind of kicked the the protagonist into high gear to to go on that rampage was when he lost his wife his wife and daughter yeah were killed by people that were coming after him so Anyway, next week I will have a much more heartwarming, inspiring book for you. Not sure what it's going to be, but I promise you it will not be a thriller book. But I'm sure you'll have... (laughs) Hopefully it'll be done by that time. Like I told you at the beginning of the show, I want to talk about friendship. I want to share 10 strategies for finding and developing friendships. And this was really inspired by a listener who sent in this great and really honest question. She said, sweet Crystal, I need your help. I don't have any real life friends, never been good at it. And I've been moving around a lot. So I've never really tried. I met this sweet lady at the playground a couple weeks ago, and I want her to be my BFF. We have met up a few times since then and talk almost daily by text. How can I let go of all of my fears that she won't like me, that she'll think I'm fat and gross and my life is crazy with almost six kids so I can build a true, real friendship with her? First off, I just have to say to this person who wrote in, thank you so much for being so honest because I feel like it was your honesty that really sparked this passion in me to tackle this topic. And I think it pairs well with last week's topic about shame and about feeling like we're not good enough. And I wanted to start by really unpacking your phrase that you said, how can I let go of all my fears that she won't like me? You said, I'm fat and gross and my life is crazy with almost six kids. And so number one, when it comes to finding good friends, I think you have to start by letting go of the lies. 
We've talked about this a lot on the podcast. And I feel like if there is one thing that you take away from our podcast episodes, I hope it's that you stop believing lies and start believing the truth. And so I sense some of that in what you wrote. You know, you saying I'm gross and that she won't like me. And I just really want to challenge you. What are you believing about yourself? And is it true? Or is it like we talked about last week, that shame voice? Is it that shame voice that's whispering these things in your head that is keeping you insecure and feeling like you're not enough? If you believe that people won't like you, that's how you're going to approach relationship. You're going to say, well, they're not going to like me. So whatever I do, they're not going to like me. And that is kind of going to be the label that you lead with. They're not going to like me. But that's a lie for you to believe that no one is going to like you. Or like Kristen Marr said last week, if they really knew the real me, they wouldn't stay. They would leave. Those are lies that we believe that hold us back from being able to step into deep, close relationship. So first off, let go of the lies. And when you let go of those lies, then secondly, camp in the truth. You have to replace those lies with something. You can't just leave that emptiness where those those lies once were. You have to replace them. So what would it look like to really believe the truth and to camp in that truth? Who does God say you are? Who are you? Who does God say you are? What is your identity in Him? You're redeemed, you're loved, you're forgiven. Like we talked about in an earlier episode when we talked about legalism, when God looks at you, He sees Jesus. He doesn't see your failures and your mistakes. He doesn't look at you and say, you're fat, you're gross, you're not keeping your life together. And so I just really challenge you, let go of the lies and camp in the truth. If you want to develop strong, close, authentic relationships, you have got to start believing the truth. And then this next step is only going to happen once you have let go of the lies and once you start believing the truth. And that is number three, seek relationship, not approval. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, for years of my life, I was lonely. I wanted people to want to be my friend. And yet I had believed the lies that I'm not a good friend, that if people really knew me, they wouldn't like me, that I'm not good enough. And when I was able to really understand that those are lies and to start camping in the truth, then I was able to see that I had what I call an approval idol, that I had put the approval of others up on this pedestal and I was seeking after that approval with everything in my being. I would do whatever it took to get people to like me. So if that meant I had to change what I believed or change how I thought about something, if it meant that I had to change who I was, my personality, I would do it because I wanted approval. It meant that I spent so much time worrying about what other people thought of me. It meant that I would spend so much time psychoanalyzing how I had approached every single relationship and situation. I can't tell you how many times I would come home from some sort of event or some sort of gathering, and I would just sit there and I'd go through every single little last thing that I had said 
and done or not said or not done and psychoanalyzed, you know, had I done enough? Should I have done that? What did they think about this? Did they act like they liked me? And it was all based in my approval idol. And when I recognized this, this was really the result of going through the discipleship program in our church that we talked about on an earlier episode and recognizing this approval idol. So then I could start realizing when I was living out of that, when I was trying to gain others' approval. And for me, it started with just asking myself why. Every time when I would want to send a text or I would think about inviting someone over or I think about sending that email or reaching out to that person, I'd ask myself why. What is at the root of this? Until I could get to the place where my motivation was out of love for them, I wouldn't do it. And this helped me to really start analyzing, maybe psychoanalyzing, but really the why behind what I was doing. And it completely changed my perspective. It took a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of awareness to change that. And it really was the result of letting go of the lies and camping in the truth. So number three, seek relationship, not approval. Fourth, I want to encourage you to stop looking for perfection. I think this is something that is so easy to do in relationship. I think especially we as women kind of envision, oh, this is the kind of person that, you know, is going to be the perfect relationship, the perfect friendship for us. And, you know, it goes along with the approval idol, putting people up on a pedestal. But then we can also, you know, kind of hope that they're a lot like us and that they kind of look a certain way. And I just really want to challenge you. Some of my best relationships don't look at all like I expected a close friendship would look. And so stop looking for that perfect person and start really investing in the people who are already around you. And also remember that real friendship is not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy and people are going to make mistakes and people are going to be very different than you. They're going to have different opinions. They're going to have different giftings. They're going to have different perspective. Don't expect them to believe everything you believe or, you know, really just jive with everything that you are. There's going to be some things where you're going to kind of butt heads and that's okay because that's how you learn and grow. If some, if everyone was just exactly like you, the world would be a really boring place. So stop looking for perfection. Next, number five, be the initiator. I talk to so many women who want to build close relationships, but they're like, nobody is reaching out to me. And so I guess nobody wants to be my friend. I just want to challenge you, be the initiator, be the friend that you want to have. Go be that friend for someone else. You know, you hear the phrase build community and you have to think about it's not that community happens. Community is built and it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of sacrifice. Build community, be the initiator, be willing to put in the hard work because it will be worth it. But it might mean that you have to do a whole lot of initiating. I know last year when I was really praying and seeking and really wanting to develop more relationships in our local community, 
I reached out over and over and over and over and over and over again. We opened up our home every week and I invited a lot of women to coffee. And a lot of those things just didn't pan out into close relationships. And that's totally okay. But there were a few really close relationships that resulted from my willingness to keep initiating, keep initiating, keep initiating. And number six goes right along with this. Ask good questions. If you want to develop close relationship, be the one who asks the good questions, who cares enough to really ask, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Now, what's going on in your life right now that's hard? What are you celebrating right now? Listen to the answers and then ask follow-up questions and remember what they say. Write it down on your calendar if you need to, or, you know, send an email or some kind of, you know, reminder to yourself through some kind of app that you use or put in your planner. Remember what's going on in people's lives and then follow up with them. How was that doctor's appointment? How was that meeting? How was that job interview? You know, whatever it is, be involved in people's lives by asking good questions and showing them that you really, truly care. Number seven, go first with honesty. This is hard. This is really hard because to be vulnerable, to put yourself out there, it's a risk. But I want you to know that it is so worth the risk. It's not going to be beautiful every time. Sometimes you're going to put it out there and people are going to give you a look like, well, that was weird. But other times you're going to put it out there and you're going to open up the door for someone to be really authentic with you because you were willing to go first and take that risk. Number eight, don't give up too soon. This is when it comes to being an initiator and continuing to initiate. And it also is when you hit the hard patches in relationship. Maybe when there's a miscommunication, maybe when someone does something that just kind of rubs you the wrong way, or maybe when it just feels like, this is hard work. It's easier to just pull back and protect yourself. But I really want to challenge you as long as it is not going to be a really unhealthy sort of situation or a codependent sort of situation where you need to set some boundaries. Don't give up too soon. Be the person who stays, be the person who leans in and loves even when it's hard. Nine, believe the best. Always believe the best. When you see something that doesn't add up, when it seems like someone is doing something that could possibly be hurtful or offensive, believe the best. When something doesn't make sense, believe the best. And this goes hand in hand with the final one, Number 10, keep short accounts. Instead of making up stories or getting hurt or offended about something, go and talk to your friend. Say, hey, it just seems like something's off right now. Or it just seems like maybe I've done something that has hurt you. Or I feel like maybe yesterday when we were talking that you were just upset about something. Can, can we talk about that? You be willing to have the hard conversations, to be honest, like we've talked about, but keep short accounts. Don't let those stories or feelings fester 
Because a lot of times it's a tiny little thing, but it can turn into this huge thing just because we weren't willing to address it head on because we were too scared. So I hope that this encourages you no matter where you are in life, not only to the person who wrote in, I just, I'm excited for you in this relationship. And I hope that you're able to stop believing the lies and camp in the truth so that you can really live out of how much you are loved and then truly love others. Because when we know how much we are loved, it allows us to freely and wholeheartedly love others. And that is where true relationship and true friendship is built. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 